Spider-Man goes to the dark side and becomes a dick. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. <laughs> At a point. No. no, welcome back, boys and girls, and uh, everything in between. And uh, this is spoilers. I'm your host, PK, superhero correspondent, PK, guest hosting tonight for part three of three of the Holy Trilogy, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man Trilogy, and I, I might be alone, or I shouldn't be alone to say that I think this is the episode everybody's waiting for, because uh, it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> and we got a big crew tonight with us, we got a couple extra guys, so uh, let's go around and introduce ourselves. Pap, you want to get us going? Yeah, this is Pappy, uh, recording from Louisville. Colorado. I remember it was just three spoiler men spoiling Spider-Man 1, so it's very exciting. We have such a full boat tonight. I don't know. Do you, any, do you want me to say anything about this movie or uh, save it? Or? I mean, if you want, we can save it because there's fucking plenty to talk about. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I got lots to say, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I don't know who next. Anybody? <laughs> I'll go. Uh, this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren Memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. He didn't ask anything specific, so I'm just going to say this. My spider sense is tingling, Ooh. if you know what I'm talking about. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm excited to find out. Uh, Mikey? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana. Corey took, like, the only memorable <laughs> line from the entire movie. <laughs> I, I don't have any quotes to spit back at you. It's so forgettable. I hate this movie. <laughs> and now we got the newbies. Not necessarily newbies to the pod, but newbies to the Spider-Man universe. Start with the, my opposing member, BK. No relation. No relation. No. We have the same last name, but um, uh, this is Brett from Fort Wayne. And I mean, this is definitely not Sam Raimi's worst movie, not even close. So, you know, I'm looking forward to talking about it. <laughs> Tell us, what is? Uh, all the evil deaths. <laughs> Hot take. How many of them have you seen, Brett? <laughs> two. Okay. All right. Two, Last two, maybe. <laughs> oh, I think that might be me. This is Josh from Goshen. This is my and your first pod together though we've both been part of spoilers for a long yep. time so that feels nice but just so you know i'm the james franco the harry osborne of this pod <laughs> and i will laugh behind your back like a motherfucker <laughs> well i encourage you to do that because i don't know what i'm talking about half the time and uh that being said like i said i'm your host superhero correspondent pk and i'm honored to be here and i'm glad we were finally able to do this it's been fun and uh Let's get this fucking mess of a movie out of the way. <laughs> so we start off... It's, it starts off already like a B version of Spider-Man 2. They tried to do the same type of recap credit opening sequence, but it's just... It, I mean, they use actual images from the f past films in this version, but I thought, you know, we talked about how cool the Alex Ross art was in, in the... Spider-Man 2 opening, but this one's just kind of like a step down. What did you guys think from the start? I never thought I'd say I miss a Danny Elfman score. It's so sad. It's like it's like a five-minute long intro. It's apparently every one of Mary Jane's screams was the same screams from the second movie. 
I believe that. That they recycled every screen. Like, she didn't have any new screams. They just used all the ones from the second movie. <laughs> That's crazy. It's not crazy. It's lazy. <laughs> she felt all the exact same emotions. <laughs> it's just like from the opening credits, PK. It's like the energy just isn't there. It's almost just like you can tell that like from Sam Raimi on down, no one's heart is quite in this one. The same I'm glad you said that because uh, uh, there's a quote from a Sam Raimi in a podcast, I believe, or it might even be the like, like a, a interview, like behind the scenes, where he was kind of talking about, you know, if you if you don't love what you're doing or love the characters that you're you're making a movie about, like the audience is going to be able to tell. And he he he's come out to say like he he wasn't in love with a lot of these characters, and and it shows unfortunately. And he's like, you know, if that's the case, you shouldn't be making the project. But I think, you know. The studio had a lot to do with the problems of this movie, and we can kind of get into that. But let's see. Let's hear from Josh. Let's hear, uh, like, what do you think about the start? How because like, it kind of starts off Spider-Man Two. Everything was going against Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but you know, it starts off this one. Everything is going his way. He's on top of the world. What do you What do you think about the new big egoed <laughs> Peter Parker? Well, it starts like an episode of the OC showing like the cast and crew. <laughs> it's really like dramatic, but yeah, I think you said his heart wasn't into it. And I think maybe part of that is like this particular story of Spider-Man already being Spider-Man maybe just isn't quite as exciting. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of saying he's running through everything that's going his way, like literally at the beginning, like my girlfriend on Broadway. I'm in the front row. I have a good job. I'm singing the lyrics while James Franco is leering down at me. <laughs> I, like, everything is like, kind of his way, so it's kind of boring, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So they say It's my girlfriend. I'm sorry, but is Peter Parker in this universe just like, a dope? Why is he so weird? I don't understand why Tobey Maguire comes off as like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say like stupid, but he's, he comes off like an idiot, just like kind of like smiling. (laughs) He does have a goofy smile. (laughs) He's just kind of a dork, but later on he gets cool. Oh, gee whiz, Mary Jane, why are you pissed I kissed another girl? I don't get it. <laughs> Dude, he is yeah. he is an oblivious <laughs> character in this movie. Why is he such a Corey, when he, like, gets cool, I mean, like, those scenes were, like, like a meme before memes became cool. Like, yeah. It's so, like, if that's... I hope that's not Sam Raimi's idea of what cool is. <laughs> because it's, like, 1920s. He, that can't be. He's friends with Bruce Campbell. He knows what cool is. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> Okay, but I think in the early 2000s, there was this kind of wave of beta masculinity that was kind of popular. And like, she even, Kristen Dunst's character even goes out of her way. It's like, oh, you're such a nerd. I love you. And it's such like a Michael Sarah, uh, I don't know. It's like Garden Stady. It's, it's something about the early 2000s where, like, that's cool. Yeah, this is 2007, though. Because this was like the time where we're becoming like being a nerd was starting to finally become cool. Like, you know, when comic book movies were starting to take off and like shit like that. I mean, he's a scientist. Yeah, he's a nerd, but he's like 
uh, whispering the words that she's singing to this song in the beginning of the Broadway show. And it's like, dude, just sit the fuck down and watch the show. Don't be a weirdo <laughs> whispering the words of this song. Just watch it. You don't got to like be up her ass about it or something. I don't know. You just seem to. I know we're missing Stevie tonight, but I know he's a big fan of Kirsten Dunst as MJ in this series. But uh, what'd you guys think of her kind of showing her stuff and getting her spotlight on, on Broadway? I'm not surprised she got fired. <laughs> her star rose and fell very quickly. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. She's terrible. She, why is she M- Why is Tobey Maguire Peter Parker and why is Kirsten Dunst MJ in, the, in this <laughs> franchise? They're so both so lame. I okay. I don't what? think she's a terrible singer. I yeah. just, like what she's singing is like Brett. It's like from the Great Zigfield. It's like a 1940s oh. Broadway <laughs> show. Like what the terrible. <laughs> But even like presumably less than a year ago, she was a model who had her face plastered all over New York. Like, mm-hmm. how could she have fallen off that? In New York, man, it's brutal. Like, I don't. I guess once yeah. they when they band together to help Spider-Man, they do the same shit to go against fucking Mary Jane or somebody <laughs> they don't like. <laughs> yeah, I got something for your ass. You mess with Spidey, you mess with New York. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blame the modeling agencies in this universe? Her performance comes off as like she's half asleep. Why why does she act the way that she does in this franchise? She's so weird. I mean, it could be the fact that even in the second one, you know, there's that part where Peter actually does show up and she just stops in like mid line and the director's off stage like, say the fucking line. And then she finally snaps into it. It's like, so maybe, you know, she's just not the greatest actress. So... Kirsten Dunst is also her character is just a bitch. Like, especially at the yeah. beginning of the movie, uh, she's like, "Oh, I, I don't think I did well." And he's like, "You played wonderful." And she's just like mm-hmm. such a fisher for compliments. And then, like when she gets the bad review, mm-hmm. he's like, "Don't worry." And he tries to apply like some of his life experience to the <laughs> advice. And she's like. This is about my career. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> That's a critic. This is something you're going to have to get used to. Believe me, I know. Spider-Man gets attacked all the time. This isn't about you. This is about me. It's about my career. I know, and I'm just saying you can't let it, you can't let it bring you down. You just got to believe in yourself, and you pull yourself together, and you get right back on the horse. And Don't give me the horse thing. Try and understand how I feel. Spider Man just trying to help. But yeah, that I don't Sorry. need you to Spider Man explain this to me, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man explain. Spider Man spread. That was good. So I think that's that's a good segue because it's kind of like she she's not only mad at Peter, she's kind of resenting all the love that that Spider Man is getting and the fact that he's getting so much enjoyment out of that, and he's kind of like neglecting their relationship and like in in that scene she's kind of like trying to have a real conversation and then like he's just kind of like yeah like it'll be all right just keep your head up and then all of a sudden boom he gets a call and he 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 like it's like almost cringeworthy she's like so mad at him already and he's just like go get him tiger like come on like say the line you know you want to and it's just like dude just no one to stop dude mary jane is not a good person (laughs) 
She's <laughs> Peter is living in squalor, and their boyfriend and girlfriend right. let him crash on your couch or something. I mean, my God, he lives in a closet. <laughs> it's pathetic, and like she's always fishing for like Peter to make her feel better about her shitty career because she can't act. It's like, dude, I'm Spider Man. I got a lot going on right now. All right, Corey, I'm gonna have you bring this up because we haven't heard it from you in a little while, and you kind of mentioned it, and uh, I think it was. The second episode, we get a scene of Peter and MJ hanging out on a web, and then uh, we see a little meteor come down from space. What was in there? <laughs> oh yes, this wonderfully set up ten second scene. <laughs> um, a, me- <laughs> a meteor falls from the sky, and it has some uh, living black gooey substance that kind of sneakily crawls over to Peter's bike. And it hops on the back and it rides with him home. So at the very beginning, we are getting the Venom set up, the much anticipated Venom set up that Sam Raimi didn't want to have in this yep. movie. He was talked into doing he was it. Forced into doing it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I think two hours later, that pays off. Did it pay off? It's called panspermia when life from another planet arrives on Earth via meteorite. <laughs> <laughs> What if it's a silenced meteor and lands without yeah, just kind of like without a, a sound? Not not even not even his spidey senses were tingling <laughs> when that meteor. Oh, his spider sense is very inconsistent in this movie. One of his spider sense was tingling during that moment for show. Does an ejaculation in the woods <laughs> make a sound? <laughs> <laughs> Who did that? I did. I told you I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways. Wait, wait, wait. So I want to like pause there because so Sam Raimi, I didn't do any sort of like research. I, I did watch the movie a couple times, so I hadn't seen it. But he he's on the record as saying so, he didn't yes. want to so have Sam Raimi Venom. Apparently, did not have that much knowledge of Venom, the character, and, and kind of like he just didn't want to do it, and and he was basically forced into doing it by the, the studio because. They were getting extreme amounts of fan mail saying, like, Venom has to be in the sequel, like, because Venom's, like, basically the fan favorite villain of Spider-Man. And, and yeah, so he got forced into doing it, which I, obviously, it took a toll on the story and and the movie itself. And, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of production uh, nightmares along with this movie. It was also, like, a hundred million dollars over budget. It was like a three hundred fifty million dollar budget movie. Wow. So yeah. So is this the result of him like cramming to learn Venom quickly, or just giving up and throwing something up on the page? I think like this is an honest question. I, I think it could be both. I mean, what do you guys think? It, it could be his t- like kind of take to try to fit Venom into this universe he's set up. Or it could be, yeah, it could just be, I think be, it's shoehorned yeah. in. I mean, Venom is in very little of this movie. And like we mentioned earlier, so the, the meteorite lands and it hops on Peter's bike, but it's it doesn't show back up again for a long time. It's like creeps here and there throughout the movie, but yeah, nothing really... Can we get some fanfic on what it's doing those like three days, <laughs> like in Peter Parker's room? Oh, reading his diary, playing some vibing. darts. Yeah, what is there to like, do in that tiny apartment? 
<laughs> oh, in Peter's apartment, uh, he's got bunch of Kleenexes, uh, rat traps all over the place. Yeah, just rags, <laughs> just damp towels <laughs> in the corner. But the thing, the thing that doesn't make any sense about like that theory to me, which I, I think is totally valid, but like. If there was like a really good A story in this movie, I'd be like, yeah, like the B story with Venom's like forced in. Like the whole thing with like Sandman and like the guy who we thought killed his dad didn't kill his dad. Like that shit doesn't really work either, though. Boom. I hated that. Thank you for bringing up Sandman because <laughs> after the the symbiote attaches to the Peter's bike and they drive away, we are introduced to Flint Marco, an escaped convict. And uh, Pappy, you brought him up, so you kind of bring that up. Uh, where are we at with him and kind of what's his deal? Yeah, it's uh, Hayden Christensen uh, from Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> no, what's the actor's name from Sideways? Thomas Hayden yep. Church. Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, he is... Wings. Uh, well, it turns out he was an accomplice of the of the man who, who robbed the wrestling rink uh, the, the famous night that Uncle Ben was killed. Um his motivation seems to be that he has a daughter who has some sort of illness. She's on like a ventilator and she has like a brace and stuff, but he's lost touch with his family and through a series of unfortunate events, he ends up in a sa- sand experiment gone wrong. Or it's something. basically like one of those airport security things where you just stand there and put your hands over your head and it spins around. It's like a giant one of those. Yeah. <laughs> this is experimental particle accelerator. An experimental beach Beach volleyball court uh, went went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Spider Man fans like is he a cool character in the comics? Like he seems like, like especially like some of the shots like when he was kind of like coming into his own. Like maybe the CGI didn't necessarily hold up, but I thought it was kind of interesting looking at least. Like him coming to grips with now I'm a sand person. I mean visually, yeah, he's a he's a great character. I mean the scene. Uh, after he like gets disintegrated or whatever and becomes sand, like I thought it was a really cool scene when him like kind of forming back into himself. It, it kind of was like the past two episodes we've talked about fight scenes that took away the music and that added a lot of emphasis. This is like the polar opposite. It was like a non-action scene, but there was no dialogue and they just added this really cool soundtrack to it. And like that was all you needed. It, the The scene spoke for itself without dialogue, and I thought that was really cool. And I think the CGI it was decent in that scene, not necessarily the rest. But Sandman is nothing. He sucks. He his whole <laughs> he has a kid who's sick, and he's an escaped convict. That's it. <laughs> That's it. They there's a whole scene dedicated to them just saying that one sentence. It's completely <laughs> pointless. I mean. What is he? I guess it just goes to show like the healthcare system is fucked. Like what is? Like, what is this? Like he just needs money for an operation. Yeah, that, that, what the fuck is going on? Have insurance, all the all the bees needs. Yeah. One of my biggest complaints with this movie is its runtime is two, nearly two hours and thirty minutes, and like part of that is there's this whole like Rashomon thing where it like shows the flashback of him murdering Uncle Ben at least three times I think and like from different perspectives and different takes and it's just like that's how we get to a two and a half fucking hour Spider-Man movie so we've seen it like five times in this (laughs) entire franchise of Uncle Ben dying so they're tying up all these loose ends in this end of a trilogy they have to like 
tie the villains to Spider-Man somehow. And like, like you said, Corey, like Sandman's kind of lame. You know, he doesn't have that much connection to Spider-Man, but so they made it that way. Did Raimi want Sandman and Goblin? Because it's like we get to a point where it's just James Franco for a while, and I was like, oh yeah, Sandman is in this movie. I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> And then you also remember that Venom is also at the end, too. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. You, I'm glad you brought that up, Mikey, because after we get this Flint Marco introduction, we kind of get a quick scene with, with Aunt May and Peter where he tells her he's going to propose to MJ, and she gives him her engagement ring that Uncle Ben gave to him, or her. And uh, then, on his way out, he gets attacked by Harry, a.k.a. According to the credits, the new goblin. God, it's so fucking lame. <laughs> Maybe Brett can speak on that. I haven't yeah, heard from Brett it, for a while. What do you got on Harry Osborne as the new goblin? I mean, that is was one of his names. He also went by Green Goblin. I mean, I always thought he was the Hobgoblin, but but it's not listed as him being that except he looks nothing but, yeah. like the hobgoblin and they never call yeah, him yeah the hobgoblin's a completely different character right. yeah but the hobgoblin's like green goblin but like yellow but yeah he went by new goblin he yeah. just was like lamer than <laughs> his dad so it's such like a fellow kids thing that he's traded in his glider for like a snowboard snowboard <laughs> a snowboard they had to show his practicality once where he went through the skinny alley <laughs> I wanted him to put on one of those sick goblin chrome helmets that he had, <laughs> yeah. but you uh, never put on. <laughs> so yeah, th- this is a scene where I think the CGI does definitely does not hold up. There's like a fully rendered Peter Parker, like CGI Peter Parker, and, and they get really close to his face and just does not look good. I think they 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 used they relied on yeah. the use of CGI way more in this movie than the past two movies combined which i think is another reason why it didn't like receive as well i agree they had to develop some new software for the sandman stuff and i think in doing that and the amount of money they put into it they just wanted to go harder with the cg in general cuz they i don't know maybe they thought it would look better but i definitely agree looks way worse it just looks like Peter's head is floating on this animated body. It's like they cut out Tobey Maguire's head and pasted it on. It looks super goofy, like a like a movie you or like a video you would see on Twitter of someone <laughs> doing a quick edit of something. <laughs> so at the end of the scene, we get like basically the first time that we get something Peter does. It's kind of ruthless. He he clotheslines. Harry and he just fucking has this brutal fall which I mean I guess Harry <laughs> we saw him in earlier in the movie take some of that like super serum that his father did but Harry you've enhanced yourself yeah like <laughs> he should not have fucking survived that like he was fucked up <laughs> and he just got a little bump on the head what this is a small complaint, but in like the first episode we did of this, we talked about how awesome like the sound design and the mix was for like the fight with the Green Goblin, and like the web sounded really metallic and like spoke to the strength that it makes. Like when Harry gets clothesline, I hope we can play the clip, but it's just like a weird like yeah. kind of noise. Like it's so it goofy like a and band. comedic, like it doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Boyan. And then they go full Fast and Furious 6 with a fucking amnesia plotline yeah. with Harry oh, from this. Yeah. It's like, what? Rewatching this movie, I kind of like, I was like, yeah, it's bullshit. He's like faking it, but it, they actually went for it. Like, he really did have it until like he has a moment where he sees his father later again. It just kind of takes it back because like I, I talked about it in the first two episodes, like they were building this cool conflict between Peter and his best friend with like you know, you know him hating his best friend for taking <laughs> pictures of Spider-Man and now he knows he's Spider-Man. Now he's attacking him and now it's like they just go, eh, we're going to reverse everything we just did. <laughs> I love uh, after he clotheslines him and Harry's just laying down on the ground with like <laughs> a crooked leg. Like splayed out, <laughs> and and Peter is standing above him, and he's just like screaming, <laughs> like he didn't do anything wrong. Like you know, why isn't Harry getting up? He starts giving him CPR, and he doesn't have a heartbeat. <laughs> but then the next it's a scene, brain injury. Yeah, he's dead. The next scene is like, ugh, he's okay. I, that was really strange to me. I thought he's dead, though. I mean, the next scene is him on like an operating table, and they're shocking him, yeah. and he's still not alive. So he's been <laughs> dead for like this whole time, even the trip to to get to the hospital. Which, my, it's like this guy's brain Mikey, is all messed up. Dead now. James Franco, you love to see it. Just <laughs> <laughs> joking. We also get introduced to a uh, second quote-unquote love interest for uh, Peter in this movie. Uh, a, a dashingly... <laughs> <laughs> a good-looking Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy. Oh, boy. Pappy, what'd you think of her performance? <laughs> Look. You know, everyone had a high school crush, and at some point you gotta grow out of that, and there's no reason... Peter Parker shouldn't be dating the model, literally model, physicist, daughter of the police commissioner, Gwen Stacy. I mean, she's, I thought she was actually a pretty good actress uh, in the movie. I, I like her character. Like, she has some actually human moments, moments especially towards the, the end of the movie. But I, I don't know. I, I don't see why on earth Peter Parker would want to be with MJ when uh, uh, Gwen Stacy is on the table. Man. This young woman has a career. She's going somewhere, Peter. Drop that loser well, MJ. Not to mention, she li- she likes Peter for Peter. MJ only was into Peter once she found out he was a fucking literal superhero. Boom. Like, she's into Peter Parker, Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, in the comics, Gwen Stacy was actually his like his girlfriend before MJ, and she dies, which that, that story kind of I thought of those were different out. universes. I... It, it could be, I guess. It, it's That's in the prime canon. Yeah, it's the story from Amazing Spider-Man 2 kind of plays out, and that's kind of... Oh, Corey, you're such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we get this scene where she's doing some model shoot, and uh, some, ha- some crane accident happens, and we get a cool A crane little... accident? You mean the murderous crane that is <laughs> intentionally trying to kill her? <laughs> <laughs> This thing comes back around like four times. Cuts the gravel underneath her and everything. Is that a cool stunt? Because apparently she did that herself. What, CGI? I I just said, I just read that she did all of her own stunts. I think I I saw some behind the scenes of 
them like dropping the floor and her like sliding off. I don't know how how much like apparently she was pregnant and she didn't know she was pregnant oh, at the snap. time. Hmm. All right. Hmm. So we get a cool little moment where we get the no music fight scene, or it's not really a fight scene where Spider Man's kind of jumping through debris and he saves her. After that, they actually have like a, I think it's like a Spider Man day or something, and Spider Man comes in and and they put on a show. And uh, they recreate a special moment between him and MJ. Corey, what happened there? So when Spider-Man gets the key to the city, it's presented to him by um, Gwen Stacy. And he kind of uh, comes in upside down in the classic Spider-Man pose. And she, or he, I think it was actually his idea. He says, why don't you kiss me in front of the audience? They'll love it. And uh, she pulls up his mask halfway and kisses him just like in the first movie with the famous upside-down kiss with MJ. And everyone seems to be super into it except for Mary Jane and some little kid that is, like, yeah. not having it. And, yeah, obviously MJ's not happy and not having a good time. Well, can we go back to the speech that Absolutely. Gwen is, talk- is saying? Like... One of the things I have a big problem with is she's like, Spider-Man, so humble, asks nothing in return. You're throwing a parade for Spider-Man right (laughs) now. That's what this is. And he's like there and he swings in like it's a WWF performance. All while Sandman is attacking a different part of the city. (laughs) I I think this is like a slightly good writing maybe by Sam Raimi as far as like... If everything's going well for Spider-Man, like what is his downfall here? And he does like come off as a huge asshole. Yeah, I've I've seen some some stuff where Sam Raimi basically yeah like the the I mean the black suit is is kind of representing the the darkness and and the pride that has taken over Peter at this point in his life. He's he's an asshole because he's just got a huge ego now. Can we talk about uh, Eddie Brock? as well yes don't call him that that's not his name edward brock it's edward jr. brock jr <laughs> it's brock sir edward brock jr okay whatever so yeah we get introduced <laughs> is there a distinction an actual distinction well like, i just like to think in my head canon that if you pronounce it that way it's this shitty poor man's version <laughs> that we get in the movie and not the <laughs> okay. huge buff psycho that we get in every other version so eric foreman <laughs> I love Topher Grace so much. All right, BK, since he's your boy, tell us a little bit about Eddie Brock. It's Brock, sir. Edward Brock Jr. He's his guy. Edward Brock Jr. Sorry, Corey. I never said he was my guy. He's his boy. (laughs) I do like him, though, a lot. Um, He's a a photographer who has been uh, taking fake pictures of Spider-Man, right? And uh, Peter Parker, like, Busts him out and snitches on him and gets him fired. Yep. Uh, Corey, you you could back me up here. Doesn't in the comic doesn't he like get fired? His why his fiance dumps him and something else happens. Like he has like the worst day in comic book history. He gets cancer. Yeah. Okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. He like gets fired. He his fiance dumps him and he gets cancer like on the same day. Wait, are you guys talking about John Wick? <laughs> Everything bad happening in one game. day. <laughs> but in this version, yeah, I think PK he uh, 
gets him fired and he just hates Peter Parker and that kind of, is this where he gets the symbiote? No, that's later. We're... We just, okay. we get a little introduction with him at the Daily Bugle and, and we get a funny scene with J. Jonah Jameson as, as <laughs> it seems like he's got some high blood pressure you know, issues. The at the Bugle's been pretty good, though not as good as the New York Times or the Daily News. Or the post, or several other smaller. Get on with you. What? Your blood pressure, Mr. Jameson. Your wife told me to tell you to watch the anger. You tell my wife. Thank you. Yeah. So then we get this <laughs> scene where Eddie Brock comes in and, and basically takes Peter Parker's photography job. So, Mikey, what do you think of Topher Grace as Eddie Brock and kind of his personality? Uh, well, he's pretty unlikable. Uh, he just acts like Topher Grace, though, so that's kind of why he's unlikable. JJ, I'm your man. I know more about what makes a good picture than any photographer in this town. See, photography, it's not just about, no offense, uh, flagpoles, <laughs> whatever. It's about lighting, composition, drama. I want a staff job, sir. I have a girl that I intend to marry, and, uh, I guess, I don't know, I have this stupid little dream of working with one of the greatest newspaper editors of our time. J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> um, he's just kind of like fast talking and kind of like a know-it-all. He seems to think he knows everything about uh, taking pictures for the for uh, the newspapers. And he's like, I want to work for the best goddamn uh, editor editor in the city. And it's kissing that ass. J. Jonah Jameson. And he's just kissing so much ass. He's like Nightcrawler, yeah. Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except he's got no spine. <laughs> Jill and all would kill Spider-Man. <laughs> did I mention I'm a very hard worker? Did I uh, skip ahead on when I did my Eddie Edward Brock Jr. scene? A or? little bit. Because it's my bad. I mean, th- this movie is such a mess. It's, it's fine. We'll, we'll make our way to it. <laughs> I'll just say that, like... I, I think it goes to, like, the Bruce Campbell cameo before this. But, like, I think that... If anyone deserves a special Oscar, it's J.K. Simmons for these three movies. Because no matter how bad the source material is, like I, like I don't even like get the bit. Like he has like a vibrator under his chair or something. <laughs> he's like being shocked by it, and like he's just still acting his balls off. Like I think him and Willem Dafoe and uh, who played Doc Ock? Uh, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Those are literally the only three good oh. casting decisions across this entire trilogy. But like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think James Franco's bad either, actually. I, I'm with you. I agree with you, Josh. Yeah, it's just the main characters. They suck. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that now is when uh, Jameson tells them whoever gets the job is the person that gets a picture of Spider-Man committing a crime. You want a staff job and you want a staff job. Anybody care about what I want? I do. Shut up. Get out. I want the public to see Spider-Man for the two-bit criminal he really is. He's a fake. He's full of stick Catch him in the act. Spider-Man with his hand in a cookie jar. Whoever brings me that photo gets a job. Well, what are you waiting for? Chinese New Year? Go, go, go. I'm on it, boss. And then this is yes. where Eddie fakes that picture. Yes. And then we also get, this is kind of where like we get Harry and Peter kind of get their friendship back a little bit because we, we cut to like Harry and, and Peter hanging out after he's come back from the hospital and and, uh, Good old amnesia friendship, you know. <laughs> right? Like, seize the day, man. Tell him you're sorry now before he remembers. Yeah. You idiot. 
Hey man, remember when we used to play pickup <laughs> basketball and try to hit on cheerleaders? Those were the Why days. Why did he give them a basketball that said Parker on it from like their childhood? That never made sense to me. Hey, you want my flat basketball <laughs> <laughs> with a lump in it? From PK, like 10 if I years gave ago. you my old practice basketball from the driveway, we're both from Indiana. I feel like you'd appreciate that. I would appreciate it, but I'd also kind of be like, uh, "What is this for?" <laughs> <laughs> for putting in the trash. <laughs> I'm rich as hell. I can afford a good NBA basketball. Says Trico. But see, like you said, he could apologize to him before he remembers, or he could do what he does and kind of tries to like bullshit his way out of everything and kind of like try to tell harry like nothing happened with your father and nothing's wrong and also what are the rules of his amnesia because he didn't remember that he was rich he was like oh is this my house (laughs) but he remembered playing basketball with pete i guess i'm not hurting for money ain't that right bernard (laughs) not that i know of sir (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Is How do you not remember that? Or is it Bernard and he just says it weird? I'm I insist that it's James Franco saying it wrong and it's Bernard. I 100% agree. <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> That's James Franco's real dad. That's how he talks. His real right dad. away, sir. So yeah, after this is when uh Pap we get the Bruce Campbell cameo, third one in in a out of three movies, which I think this one's the best. What do you guys think? I think that he should have been Sandman and Thomas Hayden Church should have been this guy. <laughs> the French guy. Yeah, yeah but Bruce Campbell's not a good actor, though. He's cool, but he's not oh, a good actor. Did the Sandman have to be a good actor? I mean, what is Sandman doing? He's, he's just mugging. Yeah. He's just pulling this stupid fucking face the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, Sandman just looks like he's about to cry the whole movie. <laughs> Bruce Campbell could have replaced Kirsten Dunst and I'd have been fine. Oh my god, I hate that face he pulls the whole time. He just has this grimace. (laughs) His lower lip is quivering the entire movie. So yeah, Peter tries to propose, and this is kind of where it all comes to fruition, where that he's just being an asshole and nothing's everything's going over his head. They're having a date, he he's plans he does the stupid cliche, put the ring in a champagne glass, which dude, if that was me, I'd choke on that shit because I just like slam champagne. But what Gwen Stacy is doing here is like totally over oh, the yeah. line, right? Like, can you imagine like like you're about to propose and like a woman like like rubbing your shoulders like that and just like the physical contact and like oh you're, he's a genius like that that would be so over the line like at that point you gotta like abort the proposal mission like we gotta reroute <laughs> regroup <laughs> do it another time again his spidey sense sucks. Any normal person could read that situation and be like, okay, yeah, not I'm tonight. in trouble tonight. <laughs> Is there any that way to segue from engagement proposal to three way here? <laughs> <laughs> Bags. Oh, man. But yeah, so MJ still hasn't told Peter that she got fired from the play, which, by the way, that scene was brutal. Oh, my gosh. The fact that, like, you know, somebody was supposed to tell her agent or whatever, but she just walks in while somebody else is practicing her scene. Oh, my gosh. Oh, honey, we found someone with talent. I was just thinking that shit should have been cut out. Yeah, it it (laughs) probably should have, but it was still brutal. (laughs) She could have just said she got fired. Mm -hmm. That would have been it. Oh, Broadway burned down. (laughs) I don't have a job anymore. So after this this dinner scene, we get... The plot's just moving right along. 
this is where the we kind of talked to us earlier. They find out that Flint Marco is actually the one who killed Uncle Ben, and this is kind of where where Peter starts to lose it, and and the symbiote sees its opportunity to take over. So Josh, what do you, what do you think about the symbiote takeover? You know, Toby McGuire was ready for the symbiote takeover. He had some steam he needed to release, I think. Toby or Peter? Or both? Both. But mostly Toby. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that confuses me is they, like, the black suit is, like, in a chest for a while, but it's also, like, does the symbiote not really attach to him at first? It just makes a suit or something? I've kind of always been confused by that, too, because, yeah, like, when it attaches to him, it, he's wearing his normal suit. But it's kind of like a choice if he puts the suit on later. It's always inside him until he puts on the suit and then it crawls out of his butt and covers the suit. <laughs> and then when he takes off the suit, it goes back up his butt. Yeah, they had to sacrifice consistency for that visual scene of him choosing. It's all science. Sorry, just to derail us real quick. Speaking of pulling things out of your butt, like... Aunt May tells a story of how Uncle Ben proposed to her, oh, and God. they go swimming Don't. to this island, and all no. of a sudden, like she closes her <laughs> eyes, and he produces a ring. We were very good swimmers. Where was the ring, guys? <laughs> Where was he hiding the ring? It was Christopher walking Way it. up his hey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were very good swimmers, weren't they? <laughs> Like I was like listening to that whole like story. It's supposed to be nice. I'm like, he had the ring up his butthole the whole time. <laughs> Four years I had this ring. He had a pocket like Frodo, man. You don't need like a great pocket to keep it in there. It was in that prison pocket. wallet, man. <laughs> <laughs> PK, I think that back to the symbiote jumping on Peter, that's some of the best CGI and best looking stuff. Not only when it kind of engulfs him, but also when he's fighting it off at the end. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool, and like, it's pretty funny too because they show like Toby Maguire's face like all stretched and pushed and weird a lot, which I enjoy. <laughs> he does make some. Looks like they actually, <laughs> yeah, they actually like put rubber bands on his face or something. It looks like. I, I I agree with the CGI about like when it's crawling on his skin and and when he's taking it off, but I still think in general the movie used too much CGI and like. Even the the first scene where where he like kind of it takes over and then he just wakes up he's like staring at his reflection it doesn't look that great. Well, I think I mean beyond that it's like he, there's that scene where he's like full symbiote and I actually like the look of the black suit but I I think that if Sam Raimi just had a little bit more restraint in the emo look of Toby Maguire, this movie is remembered totally differently. Like it's not remembered as like one of the worst movies ever. Like <laughs> it's just the way he like combs down his hair. Oh dude, it's so and like worse. I, we'll get to the dancing later. But like it's just like that is so cringe. Like it's just like he went a little bit too far in a few places to quote George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> if his hair was long enough he would have just covered his one eye. That's true. His transformation <laughs> is it, it just turns him into Kind of a dickhead, but also someone who's extremely annoying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it's supposed to be revealing his dark side. Like, he's becoming a dark person. He's doing bad things. He tries to kill the Sandman. He tries to actually kill him, not just defeat him. But he doesn't really turn very evil. He's just very horny. 
He just gets pretty horny. Yeah, he gets horned up. Yeah. And I will say that, Brett, we were seniors in college when this came out, right? Uh, yeah. And do you remember seeing it with Kyle McVeigh and he was like all pumped for it? I think so, yeah. And I don't think he was pretty happy about it. No, but. Front of the pot. And just like general, in general, like <laughs> as seniors in college, being like that age during this time, Toby Maguire was like in no way cool or hip doing that down Definitely the street not, no. in New York City. Like that. No. <laughs> like the. And the women too, like every woman he sees is like a 10 out of 10, 25 year old that like looks at him, but then scoffs or not i don't understand what they're even doing <laughs> that's every female extra in this movie yeah are they supposed to be an, is that a natural reaction or did they <laughs> did sam give them any direction like hey you're supposed to act repulsed by this act guy you normally react <laughs> as he's walking past you because none of them are in on it it's really confusing i think it's actually a good bit it just doesn't like it's just not edited well. It's just not very coherent. Like I get like what they're going for that like he's supposed to like have this like inner confidence. He thinks he's like doing all these finger guns and getting all these women. Like I think it would have been really funny for like a better editor's like hand for like him to like to see all these women thinks he's like you know he's the shit and then like they're actually just like scoffing at him. Like it, it just didn't land right. But I think that the core of the bit's good on paper. It's probably hilarious. I was watching this video and they said uh, in the editor's cut of this movie uh, that scene actually takes place this is kind of jumping forward a little bit that the dancing finger guns scene takes place uh, <laughs> right after the scene that him and Harry fight in Harry's house and he like basically blows his face off with a grenade. He's killed Harry like twice in this oh, no. movie. <laughs> yeah, I, like you said, Pap, I think if it was edited better or maybe placed where it was originally, I think it would have had a different effect and maybe not as much backlash, but it's just the hair and the... pretty sure he's wearing eyeliner at some point. Like Maybe, and I get what Pappy is saying, like, I guess that bit, but shouldn't Spider-Man and then plus Spider-Man with this alien bonus actually be good looking and attractive and like carry himself in a way that women would like like with that confidence I, I don't I, mean, I, I don't truly don't understand this bit oh it makes him look real different <laughs> well I, yeah you know. I, I agree with Josh why didn't they make him seriously cool like a James Bond or something and make him actually appear like he has real confidence and he's this symbiote suit isn't making him look like an idiot in everybody else's eyes, but like he's actually crushing it or something in his actual that life. That makes so much more suit. sense. Well, I don't think that's the point. I think it's, it's more like it's showing you that his ego is just fully taken over him. And it's like not in a good way. It's like maybe everybody loves Spider-Man, but everybody doesn't love Peter Parker still. And it's just kind of like, He's trying to... Maybe he's just acting this way because Mary Jane is such a loser in his life and dragging him down. Yeah. Maybe it's not the suit at all. It's just his lame girlfriend. After uh, Spider-Man basically kills Sandman and says, Good riddance! A really shitty line. <laughs> um, he immediately goes home and, and gets yelled at to pay the rent and he has another really shitty line. He's like, I'll pay you rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> There's another stupid ass fucking line. Then he goes on to tell Aunt May that Spider-Man kills this guy. And 
she does not have the reaction he wanted to. Pappy, like, what was that kind of about? Like, well, I mean, per the last movie, we've established that Aunt May is either one uh, completely riddled by Alzheimer's <laughs> at this point, or two understands that he <laughs> is Spider-Man, and so like, I don't know. It's it's kind of a sad scene. I mean, really, right? It's just he's anticipating that she's going to be happy and, and she kind of just find out that her nephew murdered a man in cold blood. And, and I actually really, I really, 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 really like the quote uh, that she says, like, who's who's for us to say if someone deserves to live or mm-hmm. die? I, I think that's a really nice quote in an otherwise kind of cringy movie. But That's exactly what Gandalf says to Frodo about uh, S- Smeagol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Bilbo didn't kill that vile creature when he had the chance. Yes, it was pity. Pity and mercy. It isn't for us to choose. (laughs) (laughs) After that, like, MJ's down. She she calls the new Harry because she wants to hang out and, like, have a good time. They end up having this weird dance montage (laughs) where they're making eggs. Very shady moves. Very shady. They kiss, and it's it's kind of awkward and weird. And this is where so you just brushed over the fact that they have the cringiest cooking montage I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yes, I did. It is oh fucking horrible. <laughs> Come on, baby. Isn't it just like Pulp Fiction? <laughs> it's just as artful as the uh, diner scene in Pulp Fiction. It's the same. hundred percent the same. What 20-something in New York is listening to Fats Domino on <laughs> Pandora Radio? Chubby Checker. Listening to <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Why would they even try an egg-making scene romantic after Turner and Hooch already killed it? It's True. been done. <laughs> what I hate about scenes like this where someone is dancing, there's like a camera movement that specifically annoys me. It's when... Someone starts dancing and you see their upper torso and then it tilts down and then it shows their feet and it hangs on their feet for a second. (laughs) I hate that. Let's also get two white people who don't like dancing. (laughs) These two people clearly do not dance for fun in their free time. Oh, I think they do. You'll find out later when Peter's doing the finger guns. But no, after they, they do their little kiss, uh, MJ's like, I gotta go. And then Harry sees his father again. And that's when everything comes back to him about the goblin and... Remember me. Yes, father. I remember. I was right about her. About Peter. About everything. You know what you must do. Make him suffer. Make him wish he were dead. First, we attack his heart. Did you kill my dad? <laughs> Yo, bro. Did you kill my dad? First, we attack his heart. Yes. <laughs> so bang his girlfriend. That's what I mean by that. So Harry basically forces MJ to break up with Peter and then immediately Peter goes to confide with his best friend over coffee. We get this ridiculous scene where Harry just like, yo, I'm the other guy, bro. I'm banging your girlfriend. We made eggs together. We also get the best, my my most used gif slash gif uh, of all time. I always send it to anybody I match with on Tinder. 
the, the when uh, James Franco turns around and winks, it's a killer every time. <laughs> oh, don't tell your secrets, man. Yeah, I'm telling you guys because it doesn't work. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great part because right after he does that wink he like there's like a truck that drives by and he disappears but there's a guy behind Harry and his eye line like goes immediately to the that floor like totally Harry's like right the on the table. floor to like hide yeah it's, <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> so yeah then this is where everything comes ahead about the email Peter Parker he goes to confront Harry at his house they have this crazy fight where Harry's just, or Peter's just doing super like mean quips he's like oh oh like little baby goblin or, or something like that he's like you're gonna cry like he's literally beating the shit out of his best friend talking shit and then basically blows his face off with one of his grenades and turns Harry into the family opera pumpkin bomb well, yeah, which, are there some like subtle alcoholism tropes happening here with James Franco's character, like right before he can commits his first like really bad deed, he takes like this huge bottle of whiskey and like downs a drink. And here, when Peter comes to his house to hang out, he like has this big cocktail and he's like, "What a drink!" <laughs> like, there's something like say no to drugs sort of thing happening here. I'm pretty sure. We talked about it in Spider-Man Two, PK, that he got super oh, wasted yeah. in that one. Yeah. And I've also heard Raimi say, I mean, this is more along the lines of, of Peter in the black suit, but yeah, like how it was a rep- representation of the darkness that took over him, but it's also kind of like could take a play on like addiction and how like addiction can affect somebody and how it affects people around them too. But yeah, after this is when uh, we get full on email Peter. He, this is when he gets Eddie fired. This is kind of where what Brett was talking about. So if you want to kind of go back into that, we get Peter exposing him for the Photoshop. No, I said I, I said my piece half hour ago. It still stands. <laughs> he got him fired. He got him fired, and that probably sends Edward Brock Jr. the third <laughs> into a spiral, and that probably. Well, it sends him to church. <laughs> yeah, he literally says, get religion. <laughs> <laughs> He's scared. You're trash, Brock. Excuse me? Your picture is a fake. Oh, Parker, you are such a boy scout. When are you going to give a guy a break? You want forgiveness? Get religion. What's going on here? Are you guys all right? But then we get this crazy scene where he goes on a date with Gwen Stacy. Corey, you want to kind of set that up and... and Yeah, so with his uh, black suit uh, mania or whatever that's taken over him, he decides to go out with Gwen because he's no longer with Mary Jane. But he intentionally goes to the jazz club that Mary Jane is a waitress at and also is a singer. So he goes in there. He's being, I don't know, he's being pretty slimy the whole time. He's hitting on other women. He hits on the hostess. And there's a very weird moment. So Mary Jane goes up on the little stage to sing. And as, as soon as she's about to start singing, Peter, like, starts playing piano. So, like, he snuck up on stage, and I guess the symbiote taught him how to play piano because he's doing that now. <laughs> and he has the stupidest, weirdest dance in this club that... Oh my god, it's just he so goes, he fucking goes. horrible. Now dig on this. 
<laughs> really awkward. Is there any doubt that there's a direct play on Jim Carrey's The Mask here? It's really got a whole lot of shades of that. I never thought about that, but it could be. That was fun. Yeah, that, that was fun. This is something else. <laughs> but it's really just like substitute Cam- Cameron Diaz for uh, Kirsten Dunst. And like, <laughs> it is really the same thing here. So, shut up, Josh. <laughs> so, yeah, this horrible, horrible dance montage moves on, and eventually. Alrighty then. The, the, the bouncers have had enough, and they want him to leave, and he starts kind of fighting people off, and MJ decides to come try to get control of him, and he kind of swings back and hits MJ. He slams her in the fucking jaw. Bang. Yeah, this is, this is like a wake up call for the audience. Fucking Peter, MJ, everybody. Mikey, she kind of deserved it, right, Mikey? Oh my god, bro. <laughs> so, sorry, I dropped out a little bit there. What happened? Uh, you're apparently Brett trying to defend Peter Parker for beating the shit out of his girlfriend. <laughs> or his ex girlfriend, sorry. That was all for her? <laughs> you know what? Uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> he had the option to pass. Uh, <laughs> dude. Uh, I, I, dude, why does he keep... Just leave Mary Jane alone, man. You, got, you dumped her. You got rid of this loser. Just why did you mess it up with Gwen Stacy? Bringing her to this Honestly, and if cafe? not Gwen Stacy, then go know. for uh, Magina Tova's character. Like his neighbor that's clearly into Ursula. him. Right. He, no. She's a close second, <laughs> dude. Or the receptionist, Jameson's receptionist. Hold on, Brett. She why was no? Very interested in Peter. Uh, she's unattractive. <laughs> What's wrong? Very with her? sweet she's though. <laughs> I really like her in all three movies. I really do. One, I do find her attractive. Two, she can cook cookies and cake like a motherfucker. <laughs> but like, does this free rent? I would I would like to PK and Corey, the keeper of the Spider-Man lores. Does domestic abuse have any place in a Spider-Man movie? Like, no, that's all Ant-Man. That's it. <laughs> he did it on accident, right? He did it on this accident, is a movie right? For children, like even if it is like just a mechanism for as a wake-up call, like there's other ways to write this, right? Like, no, especially oh my gosh, like, no, he he didn't do it on purpose, so it's like a perfect. So it's like a perfect, it's a perfect thing for a movie for children that he accidentally slaps the shit out of his girlfriend <laughs> and that's how he wakes up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an intense scene. I mean, especially for for comic readers, like the Peter-MJ relationship, yeah, I mean, it's portrayed way yeah. better in the comics and like, like it doesn't show how much they truly care for each other in the movies, but like, yeah, it, it's it was jarring to say the least. Brett, I'm not even saying that it doesn't like belong in a PG-13 movie that was like over the line. I'm saying, does Peter Parker ever like does that fit his character in any way? Like, ever? Like the Peter Parker's like, gee whiz, oh boy! Like, that's my issue with it. I'm just saying he lost control and accidentally hit her. Right? I mean, he didn't like beat her in the <laughs> face for being annoying. I'm just no. saying it's it was like a, I think it's a decent wake up call. I see what well, you're saying. Well, I mean, saying, Andy though. used the rule of thumb, right, Brett? <laughs> rule of thumb? <laughs> Which is not, that's not even true in that movie, by the way. But oh, really? 
That's 100% not true. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so anyways, like we said, this is kind of Peter's wake-up call, and, and he like somehow goes to the same church that Eddie Brock goes to, uh, quote-unquote, pray, <laughs> which, what does he pray for? Very convenient. Josh? It's weird. They show the crucifix, like, really clearly... Right when he says, I want you to kill Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, dude, I don't think you know how church works. Uh, Not a lot of gray area, is there? I don't I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't go to church very often at, or at all, really, but I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> hey, thou shall not kill if you ask Jesus to do it for you. <laughs> Somebody else is doing it. Your hands are clean. And also, Brock's been reading a lot of the Old Testament lately, which is not too far off. <laughs> this is kind of straight out of the comics, too, with with the whole bell tower and that, like, affecting the suit and him ripping the suit off. off. Um, he hits the tower, and that kind of affects the suit in some way. So, like, Mikey, what, what kind of goes on from there? Uh, yeah, I don't even think he realizes... Uh, realizes that uh, sound is hurting Not at this Venom point, no. when he's up at the top of his clock tower. Yeah, so he's making all this noise. He's making all this noise, and Venom is, or the symbiote is acting crazy and like trying to escape from his body, and he's got to rip it off. And he's doing his Tobey Maguire screams <laughs> that he always does in all of these movies. And. Eddie Brock is down at the bottom, and he's like, "Is that Peter Parker up there?" And uh, God, I don't know how he sees that at the top of the clock tower. But then the symbiote drops down and lands on his jacket and gets all over him, and then uh, turns him into venom. And he leaps at the camera. Jesus gives him the power to kill Peter Parker immediately <laughs> after the prayers. From a certain point of view, <laughs> Venom is the Jesus character. The Lord provides. Is this something in the comics where noise hurts Venom? I I didn't even get that in the Bell Tower, yes. but then they circle back to it with like the, the other things later. Yeah, and it's always bothered me because <laughs> that's how they take him out. So yeah, then we get uh, Venom and Sandman. They decide to team up because uh, they both hate Spider-Man, and especially Eddie. He hates Peter Parker. They end up using MJ as a damsel in distress for the third fucking movie in a row, which is kind of annoying. But, uh, yeah, Pappy, if you want to set up this final sequence for us. Yeah, you have uh, one of Stevie's least favorite tropes. This is all being conveyed to Peter Parker via news uh, broadcast and, and the name Hal Fishman, uh, the newscaster, for some reason <laughs> cracks my shit up. I don't know why. I think it's so funny, but she's been suspended uh, from a, a black web created by Venom, and Sandman's kind of like on the ground taking Peter out. And, and this is when he decides to like put on his suit and, and go go and save her. Right? Yep. It's being uh, commentated on by. The reporter, the British reporter, that sounds like yeah. Ray from Star Wars, Ray, Ray Skywalker. He seems to have come out of nowhere to answer the prayers of the city, just when all hope seemed to be lost. <laughs> Wrong country, ma'am. And they're all just 
<laughs> standing there watching while there's a 100 foot sand dude destroying things like no way it, people would be standing that close but hey they New Yorkers we're walking here forget about it <laughs> we're walking here we're New Yorkers you mess with one of us you mess with all of us but he shows up he gets his ass kicked by Sandman and uh, this is when uh, I don't know did you want to talk about like why Harry kind of comes to realize Bernard oh my gosh uh, yeah, who wants to talk about the most random scene in this fucking movie <laughs> I mean it's not the most random but Brett you want to take that one no no I I, <laughs> I would not be able to Corey alright so so James Franco uh, Harry Osborne after he denies Peter's request to come help him save Mary Jane he is approached by his uh, Alfred like butler named Bernard who says you know I kind of know everything that's been going on here since the first movie I know that your dad was the Green Goblin. <laughs> Spider-Man definitely didn't kill him. He's like, I watched Spider-Man 1 and 2. He says, your, your dad undoubtedly died by his own hand. I know, because I cleaned his wound. I know I've been meaning to tell you this. I've kind of been busy. Um, but yeah, here's the information now. Yeah. It's like, what? he's been sitting on this for how long? Way too long. Like, <laughs> like what, what the fuck has he been doing? There's nothing to do it's in It's a hard house. thing to bring up. <laughs> He was going to use it as leverage to get a pay raise. <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> Your father poked himself with his own hovering board. I love him. you, and like, sir. A great trilogy, you know, it, it would have taken like 20 seconds of screen time in each of the previous two films just to have like shots of Bernard in the background, giving a dubious look to James Franco, giving a dubious look to Willem Dafoe. Like, there's no setup for it. It just comes totally out of totally out of left field that whole lecture he gives him and i think i I heard on a podcast pk that like that part is just totally cut out of the editor's quote unquote i mean it kind of ruins the whole the the team up that we get later yeah peter he's getting his ass kicked he's like choked down to the pole like the foundation of the building by venom and sandman's dropping bombs on him and yeah out of nowhere we get Harry coming out of nowhere and, and kind of saving the day and we get a cool little team up moment and they they have their end game moment before the MCU started. <laughs> Peter's like, oh, you showed up. It's like, y- yeah, I mean, but why though? Why did you show up? <laughs> what just uh, happened here? You, you said you liked the choreography, PK. I thought it was totally lame. I didn't like, say I liked like doing it. like all these like flips and twists like working together and like there's even a line that's like what does he say like I'm kind of busy over here as the Sandman's <laughs> like fighting it's just so cheesy and so I'm swinging, I'm swinging over here so prequel. I'm swinging over here <laughs> Corey yeah. don't you think that's kind of like a Attack of the Clones like when they're getting attacked in the, the like the big auditorium by the three monsters it's very reminiscent of that it's worse. It's worse. It's absolutely <laughs> worse. Yeah, it's not good. At least you have like Natalie Portman in a midriff shirt and that, and there's you know, there's some nice things going on there. But uh, <laughs> this whole action scene is long and it's horrible, and the Sandman is just this CGI monstrosity. Like he's so disconnected from the character that he was earlier. Like this guy, oh, I just want to save my daughter. <laughs> It's, and Venom is this weak ass pussified version of like he's the same exact size as Spider Man. Like what is this? What version of Venom is like this 
It's so yes. good. I will say yes. the one part I did like though is when Spider-Man is like choked down and Sandman is just pounding him. And Brett, we've watched a lot of WWE together. I feel like Sam Raimi <laughs> yeah. kind of took this out of like a tag team typical script. It's like <laughs> he's just getting oh, whammy like, like off the top rope again and again. Dude, yeah, Spider-Man was like getting beat up and he climbed over and got that tag in. He consulted Randy Savage from the first movie on this scene. <laughs> and then it just got oh super pumped up. He, he is tearing him in half. Somebody stop the match. Oh my God, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he ripped him in half. My God. See, so yeah, we get this really cheesy team up scene. Um, but I mean, back in the day, it was kind of cool. Cause this was like, this movie came out the year before Iron Man one, before the the big MCU kicked off. So like, you know, trilogies were were like really how shit happened back in the day. And Iron Man looks so much better. Oh than yeah, this. oh mm-hmm. yeah. But either way, Be, sorry, sorry, PK, not to interrupt, but just to kind of put this in context. I think one of the other biggest things this movie has going against it is that it came out after. Batman Begins, and like yeah, for sure. Once once that bomb drops, oh my god, the whole shift and like the way we look at superhero movies is this was so passe oh, at yes. this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. To have Golly G, Peter Parker. I didn't realize that was that after. What was that? Yeah. Like 2005. 2005, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. This is 07. Yeah, but uh, I think I read that this movie took over two years to make. So, like by the time it got finished, they were probably like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were saying oh crap way before it got finished. <laughs> Apparently he wanted to make it two movies. Oh crap, we had Kirsten Dunst for these movies? <laughs> well, what have we done? Dude, it said it took two years and ten months to That's make. That's ridiculous. And a hundred million dollars over budget. Oh my so God. they started making it before Batman Begins came out. They're like, this is going to be so good. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, cr- <laughs> they changed comic book movies forever right there. Yeah. That's unfortunate. So yeah, during during God, this fight we get like come full circle moment for Harry where he dies by his own blade, but he dies it to save Peter instead of trying to kill him. And then Corey or I mean Josh, you can bring it up since you didn't know about the the noise. So then we get the end of Venom. Yeah, Peter Parker finds all these bars of steel and starts making like a cage around Venom, just like slamming him into the cement. And they're also making this like twang sound as they go in. It's a nice word. He's kind of realizing at the same time I am that Venom (laughs) doesn't like this sound. And another like little cool CGI thing here is Venom is like kind of separating from... Eric Foreman and he sends like a weapon and grabs Eric and pulls him out and saves him right but like I don't know Venom started off as like this small little like he's black but he's like flubber creature and now it's just like this huge angry thing inside of these bars going nuts um I mean, PK, do you agree with Eric's decision to go back and try to help this? Well, I think it was just, I don't know if he was trying to help, but I mean, I think it was just, you know, he's like, he's so like broken at this point and 
Like he, he yeah, it could had, be that addiction thing you were talking about earlier. Like bonded with the host more than Peter did. He accepted it, and like I think the fact that he was in a lot darker of a place in his life, and the symbiote, you know, kind of had bad blood for Peter too because he <laughs> kind of rejected him. So it's it's just kind of like they they bonded together, and he felt like he couldn't live without it. So well, it's like Aunt May says, "Who are we to decide who lives and dies?" I don't agree with what he did, but I I feel like that's what he would have done so what just popped into my head is like this really mirrors his relationship with Gwen Stacy too because he thinks they're all serious and hot and heavy and she's like we just went out for coffee one time yeah he said he wanted to (laughs) marry this chick and yeah she was like no we just had one date (laughs) and that's the same thing with Venom he's like no we're together forever and Venom's like we just had coffee dude yeah <laughs> Venom needs a space. <laughs> it's me, not you, bro. I love how when the pumpkin bomb is going off, destroying Venom, Topher runs back in there like, Venom, quick, crawl back up my butt. Please, we can be together forever. Just a nice. I also just wanted to say a quick thing about Harry fighting Sandman. When Harry makes his like big intro into the scene. He, there's just like a bomb that lands in the Sandman's head and he's just like this big Ooh. monster and he goes and these two little kids in the audience go awesome wicked cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> Where is your mom at? Things are being destroyed here, left and right. There's steel beams falling from the sky. Get Who out of here. wicked cool. <laughs> In 2007. <laughs> Little dipshit. Well, it was made in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> and it, didn't... <laughs> it was cool then. So then we get two supposed to be heartfelt scenes. Um... One, I actually kind of like the scene. I don't. I want to hear what you think about it, Corey, since you're a Sandman hater. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like the scene uh, where Flint and Peter had the little conversation, and, and he kind of tells him what happened with his uncle, and Peter's like, "Yeah, like I've been a shitty guy recently, so I forgive you." <laughs> and he's doing that face where he looks like he's gonna cry the whole time. But I, I did actually like that scene. <laughs> <laughs> He's either gonna <laughs> fart or he's gonna cry. Yeah, that. Or that if face. he farts, he's gonna oh, cry. Oh, that fucking mug. <laughs> this dude's mugging all the whole movie, but uh, no, I'm not into it. I can't. They they can't trick me in the last <laughs> ten minutes of a two hour and twenty minute movie. It's not gonna happen. That's fair. I'm so checked out by every <laughs> bad event that has unfolded before this. It's just no. poor gun handling. Like he shoots Uncle Ben because his. Yeah, like you don't put your finger on the trigger. Yeah, no trigger safety. Uh, Brett, you have a gun. Is this proper gun handling? Safety always off. Uh, Always pointed at innocent people and with the safety off and your finger on the trigger. Is that against gun protocol? I'm guessing those three rules of gun handling, I'm guessing he broke all of them. What are they? Is one of them to be easily scared? One is always act like it. One is always act like it's loaded. Two, don't ever point it at anybody. And three, like always check like your 
Backs top, or I don't I have to look at it again, but I'm guessing he broke all of those. Four, always be jumpy. You're not supposed to have your finger actually on the trigger. Yeah, don't use your trick. Don't, yeah, don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot it. Unless it's Uncle Ben. <laughs> and don't, don't point at something you're not ready to shoot. So Don't point at Uncle yeah. Ben you're ready to shoot. The only rule he didn't break was pointing it at himself. That's the only Can rule. Can we rewrite the rule the three rules of gun handling to all include the words Uncle Ben in them? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. We have derailed. PK <laughs> I kinda I kinda like it. I, I know this is not usual for me. I'm not a big superhero guy, but I thought that like if you take out all the venom stuff, which it really doesn't work, like this whole movie's about forgiveness and revenge and like I don't know. Like it could have like the way that Venom's dispatched with like the stupid sound and another pumpkin bomb is like so lame to me. But like to end to basically cap a superhero trilogy with like the main hero saying "I forgive you" to the villain, I, I think it's kind of a an interesting move. I-, I I like it actually. There we go. I like that. I think you can say that if Sandman is actually in the movie longer than twenty minutes, but they split up screen time with <laughs> yeah. these two that villains so much. Yeah. It's like, yeah. who the what fucking yeah. movie and is? And what this? happens to Penny? She died from inhaling sand. She She's dead. GoFundMe, dead for sure. Hey, why why did she have a locket of a with a picture of herself? Like that's what she gave. She gave her dad that. She, She's like, a ghost. Yeah. That is observant. That's that's some good shit right there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, like Corey said in the one episode, uh, all shitty Spider-Man movies end with a funeral. So this movie pretty much ended with a funeral, uh, Harry's funeral, <laughs> but it actually ends with uh, we get a scene where Peter, no dialogue, they just he kind of walks in and dances with Mary Jane and they have a kind of like Avengers Endgame and ending no don't you yeah, dare. I'm <laughs> sorry like, I, I, should, I know trust me I know what I'm saying I know I, I, what I'm saying is terrible but <laughs> I forgot this is how this ended this is such a lame ending <sighs> it's weird it's like because I mean they had plans for Spider-Man 4 so it's like I don't think they were ending yeah. it like with the mindset of that being the final movie but yeah a much more quiet ending than you would think from a major trilogy I'll never fall again said I do to love don't ever call again For I think it was better than Endgame actually don't you say that to me no <laughs> not really I know you I loved would, the end of that movie I, I don't know <laughs> like, I'm glad I'm glad they didn't like fall in love i'm glad i didn't propose to her you know what i mean i think things have gotten really complicated between them i'm okay yeah, with, got a lot of work I, to I, I mean i i hate i hate 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 the use of like the score that swells up like the the most generic lame score ever to end the movie i wish it would have stayed on the music that was playing in the club but i i'm glad that it wasn't too too silly too romantic um it's all about the good I can say about it, though. I just hate the plot mechanism that James Franco dies again. And the first time he died, he was cold stone dead on the ground with heart <laughs> stopped. And this time he's like slow <laughs> bleeding out. It's like, dude, this guy is hardy. Get him to a hospital. hospital. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, they just he's watch him time. slowly die. And I didn't. 
Yeah, I, I hate fake deaths. There's We've talked nice about sunset. fake deaths on this pod a few times, and I think that's pretty lame to give him a fake death A, and then end on his real death after the f- fake death B. So, no, not a big fan of the end. That's fair. I took a screenshot of Venom exploding, and you can see Topher Grace's bones. So he's definitely dead. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> You should send that to me. I'd like to see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we'll we'll send it around with the yes or no's. And with your yes or no, give one thing you would change to, to make this movie better. Start with Brett. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I'll give this a, a no. Uh, it's a soft no. It's not like the work. I think it's better than X-Men 3. Um, I know it's not saying much, but... Uh, if I had to change one thing, it would be with PK's favorite GIF, GIF, when he winks. Um, I don't know if you've actually seen it. He so actually good. blinks. Uh, both his eyes That's blink. That's work. terrible, PK. <laughs> Come on. He, he's be- But you know that he couldn't do it, probably. Probably not. Like, he didn't do that like as part of the, the movie. He just can't So that's wink. the one thing you would change? You can't turn. No, I'm just messing. I've just been thinking about that for like That's an hour. Um, I, I, you got there's too many villains. That's like whenever I hear people talk about this movie, one of the main things they always talk about is this is too many villains, and there were too many villains in the Amazing Spider-Man too as well. It's just they're just too many. It it doesn't need it. So that's what I would change. I, I don't know who I'd get rid of. I mean, obviously the obvious choice should be. Uh, Venom because he's so kind of like underdeveloped but without the symbiote then the story has to be different so Sandman's kind of useless as well so maybe get rid of him and uh, that might make a better movie I don't know maybe more Bruce Campbell I don't know. <laughs> all right Josh yeah uh man when I watched this so many years ago in college, it was a huge no. And all these years later, like, is this the first time you've seen it since then? Yeah, it's a good trip down memory lane, but it's still a poor movie, so I'll still just give it a no. <laughs> I think Sandman. Maybe okay. So here's my change. What they should have changed in the movie. Um, I think Sandman should have maybe even been the primary character over even Spider-Man. And, like, he's a good enough actor to carry some stuff, and I think that is a good way to make Spider-Man look evil by kind of thwarting this guy's plans to save his daughter, even though he's kind of an evil dude. But, I don't know... I don't think that was really an option for like Sam Raimi here in the third episode of a trilogy to actually do that. So mm-hmm. it's not like true criticism, but I thought Sandman it was just like a huge loss thing. And if they shoehorned in Venom, then they sh- surely shoehorned in Sandman too. And so to me, it's either like embrace the Sandman and make it about him or get rid of like both those other characters. And this should just be about um, Spider-Man and his best friend. Like that's enough to carry a movie, I think. Boom. Spider-Man, a Sandman story. <laughs> that would have been Mikey. Good subtitle. Yeah. 
I can't wait to hear my piece. Yes, it would be Enter the Sandman. Money, money. Oh, yeah. Well, we got to start off with the runtime. <laughs> and I think that's a problem because, well, like Brett said, we got too many cooks in the kitchen with these supervillains. And I think if I had to change one thing from this movie is... Uh, you got to nail down who your villain is in pre-production here, Sam. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to do four movies, split it up into four movies. Have Venom be the last movie or something. Don't cram everything into this mess of a movie because it's just bloated. We lose focus on every single one of these villains at some point in the movie. And I, if I had to change anything real within the movie, uh, after the movie's already done, I'd change... Toby and Kirsten Dunst, they suck. They're just the worst. I don't know how they got this job because they're so uncharismatic. And I don't even know if I'm overstating that enough or somebody has to back me up on how uncharismatic these two people are. Because Mary Jane in the comics is supposed to be like vibrant and young and so full of life and constantly arguing with Peter and playful and stuff. And she's just so dull as Kirsten Dunst and Peter is not supposed to be so weird like <laughs> Toby Maguire is playing in, but those are what I would change. And this movie is a hard no because it's just a mess. I like it. Uh, Corey? Uh, this movie obviously gets a no. It's horrible and it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> I don't like Sandman. He's rough, coarse, irritating, <laughs> and he gets everywhere. Yes. <laughs> I didn't say that. Nice. Uh, they completely massacred my boy Venom. A big childhood favorite of mine. I remember I had a bunch of Venom comics. I thought he was so cool. Even though he's a little corny and he's a little he's a little 90s. He's like the, you know, extreme counterpart to the hero, which they had a lot of at the time. But I thought he was very cool at the time. And, you know, he's, he's kind of gotten better over the years. They've done a lot with him. And this movie just takes a lot of that away. Um, one thing I would change... I would so the scene with Harry and Bernard and Bernard says you know I know what's been going on I love your father and I love you and uh, Spider-Man definitely didn't kill your father keep that scene but then right after when the new goblin shows up and the mask comes off it's Bernard so Harry didn't go out there Bernard goes out there and he goes hello sir I'm here to help and then he says you know I loved I loved Uncle Ben, Peter, as I have grown to love you. So he does that whole thing with Peter, too. He's playing both sides, so he always comes out on top. Anyway, uh, no, this movie is horrible. Uh, and immediately crushed by Santa. <laughs> that would be epic. All right, Pappy, bring us home. First, I'd just like to point out that multiple people on this podcast who gave us a no gave Attack of the Clones a yes, so I would question their judgment on the worst thing ever, <laughs> quote-unquote, but... This is better than Attack of the Clo uh, Clones, though. Uh, look, the what, the thing I would change is that I, I don't think that you necessarily even need to get rid of the two villains. You need to move Venom way, 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 way in the background. You start off with Spider-Man finding out that, that uh, Flint Marco is at his uncle's actual killer. That's what's driving him through most of the movie. He comes across Venom. He already really, really hates Eddie Brock. He kills Eddie Brock. Uh, or, even better yet, Eddie Brock kills Mary Jane Watson. I know she dies at some point in the comics, right? Like, kill her off. Get rid of 
that terrible character, <laughs> but then have it come back to the sort of like the forgiveness arc at the end. I, I think you can make the two villains work. But Pat, you're forgetting Harry. I, yeah, there's no reason for a third movie with Green Goblin or Green Goblin Jr. in it. We got to get rid of that whole subplot as well. This movie's mm. got to be about Spider-Man. It's got to be about forgiveness. Like maybe the thing that drives him over the edge is that Mary Jane is murdered by Venom. He kind of goes on this like killing spree, and then he like realizes like the error of his ways at the very end. That like payoff is gonna be a lot better with the Sandman, but. I'm actually going to give this the softest, 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 softest yes hey. I've ever <laughs> given a thing on this podcast. I don't, don't get me wrong. Part of it is definitely the unintentional comedy of the movie, <laughs> but I just have a good time watching it. I think Mikey's spot on. You got to cut pair down the runtime. But like I said, three people who gave this movie a no gave Attack of the Clones the yes. And, and this is objectively a much better movie than Attack of the Clones. So I'll give this a soft yes. Okay, you gave Cats a yes. I'm, so. I'm a different person now. Uh, you shamed me into being a harsher critic. <laughs> so soft. that's why. Soft yes. Uh, cool. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm going to give it a yes. Because, I mean, if, if you watch the first two, you might as well watch the third one, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think it's as bad as as people say it is i think part of it a slow like a very little part of it is um the fact that it had such high expectations and it was coming off such a high of spider-man 2 and it just wasn't on the level of spider-man 2 and i think that was a part of the backlash but I mean, it's not the greatest movie but it's definitely not the worst um I would, to change, one thing I would change, I would probably, I would take Venom out, save him for Spider-Man 4, even, I don't think Sam Raimi had plans for him in Spider-Man 4 anyways, I think it was going to be Vulture and, and uh, Mysterio, but, yeah, I, I mean, I see what you're saying, Pappy, but I think they built that Harry and Peter conflict up so much in the first two movies that it didn't really pay off that well, this movie, I think they could have done something with that and then had him either kill Harry or have Harry die at the end and kind of have that be Peter's like moment where he needs to learn how to forgive and change his ways or but I also think Sandman could have been a compelling character like like uh I can't remember if it was Brett or Josh said if like kind of focus it on him and and flesh that like give yourself a villain that you can sympathize with but it's not the worst, it's not the best, but it's a yes for me. I just want to say thank you guys for letting me host these three movies. This is awesome. Absolutely, it's been a good ride, man. It's been a it's lot been of fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a long episode, kind of a messy one, just like the movie. Kind of fits. <laughs> but yeah, long dude, and messy. You guys know I'll be back whenever you need me. Uh... Hopefully we'll get more superhero movies like ever and just movies in general. <laughs> Catwoman. But if not, you know, I'm always down to review some old ones, so. All right. Yeah. You came. Uh, <laughs> 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 Take it away. Spoiler man. <laughs> Spoiler man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. 
Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, 1. Search for movie spoilers. 2. Click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. 3. Leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. You came long and messy. That was spoilers.